Hey there, welcome to the PropTech Podcast. It's Kylie Davis here, and I'm delighted to be your host as we explore the brave new world where technology and real estate collide. I passionately believe we need to create a sense of community between the innovators and real estate agents, and sharing our stories is a great way to do that especially in these crazy times we find ourselves in. Now, the aim of each episode is to introduce listeners to a prop tech innovator who is pushing the boundaries of what's possible and explore the issues and challenges raised by the tech and how they can create amazing property experiences. My guest in this episode is Raphael Neeston from Bricks and Agent. And this is an episode specially for the property managers. So shout out, girls. Bricks and Agent is a platform that specializes in making it easy for property managers to organize maintenance. Now, Bricks and Agent is special in a couple of ways. First of all, it's integrated already into most of the big property management platforms out there. So it's a feature that's sitting inside the software that you're already familiar with and that you're already using. It's designed to save you thousands of hours that we know property managers lose each year inside that email tsunami. It stops the need for you to run everything through your email or through phone calls because it has push notifications telling you what needs attention and what has been actioned. But the most astonishing thing of all is that Bricks and Agent is absolutely free for property managers to use because their business model is based on being a marketplace for trades and services. So hope there wasn't too many spoilers in that. I know you've probably got lots more questions here to tell us all about it. Raph Neeston, welcome to the PropTech Podcast. Thank you for having me, Kylie. Good to be here. No, no worries at all. So, look, I'm really curious to hear the um, Bricks and Agent elevator pitch busted out. I know you've had lots of practice. I've only said it a few million times. So, basically, we developed a, a platform which is open API based and we look after the entire maintenance and inspection workflow now with regards to property managers, uh, tradespeople, tenants and owners. So, basically, everyone works on our platform to get maintenance and inspection tasks done really quickly, simply, and easily. Fantastic. And so is it commercial, residential, or both, or what's the...? Yeah, we we look after both. So we have clients that are commercial and clients that are residential, but residential is the sweet spot. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of the residential applications lack the sort of workflow that comes with maintenance, and some Mm -hmm. of the larger, more savvy commercial operators do have a large tranche of tools that they can use. They may not be as good as what we've created, but at least they've got some structure and process um, that they utilise as well. Cool. So so what are the specific problems that Bricks and Agents uh, Bricks and Agents solves? Like why do we need um, a platform to help us manage maintenance? Well, I suppose at the end of the day, it's sort of something that most people don't think too highly of. It's just something that they assume will get done. But a property manager, as you would well know now, they basically have more properties than ever that they manage with the pressure, downward pressure on fees. So what tends to happen is there's around 20 touch points per maintenance request. So if you can multiply that by, you know, 100 properties that you manage, and on average there's 2.7 maintenance requests per year, you end up with about 5,400 touch points. And without oh systems <laughs> to help you, it's a, a very difficult task. So people, and, you know, if you look on the internet, you'll see, mainly negative reviews with regards to maintenance. And it's because it's one of one of 45 things on average that a property manager has to do. But it can sometimes take up to 30 to 60% of their day, depending on the portfolio that they've got to manage. So it's increasingly impossible for them to do. And what seems to be very simple often becomes quite complex. So, for example, your toilet is blocked. 
You send someone, they fix it, unblock the toilet. The next day, it becomes blocked again. You send another tradesperson. The tradesperson puts a camera down and says the sewer's collapsed. The owner then says, I don't have $6,000 to pay for a sewer. So you start adding well more than 20 touch points on a, on a mm-hmm. what seems simple that then turns into a very complex process. So it's very difficult for a property manager to manage that volume of properties and the level of maintenance because everyone is using a disjointed system, owner on one thing, trades are on another system, tenants maybe on a different system and the property manager might have a system themselves. So there's a lack of coordination there. Yeah, so and I guess into that lack of coordination steps both email and the property manager themselves and they become that kind of bottleneck for all of that communication. Well, a property property manager once summed it up quite nicely. She said maintenance for her is like a glass of water. She has a sip, puts it back down and the glass is full again. So she never gets to the end of what she needs to do with maintenance. And I think that's a pretty apt description. It's really interesting, isn't it? We had um, we've had both Sarah Bell and um, Patrick uh, from Realm Property, who sort of do a lot of that AI. And and Patrick had done some research around property managers, and just the volume of emails that they're dealing with on a yearly basis, and and phone calls and stuff is phenomenal. And if it's twenty touch points in every property maintenance request, no wonder, no wonder. So how big a problem is it? Not just in terms of of volume of work, but is there a dollar size to it as well as a problem that needs solving? Well, I think on average, um, there's about $70 billion worth of maintenance tasks that get placed in the economy every year, just in Australia alone. I think it's about 140 million jobs. So as you can appreciate, that's a pretty sizable number. And given that the bulk of property man- properties are managed by property managers rather than self-managed owners or owners owner occupiers, there's a huge number of that that would be applicable to the property management space. It's just such a big, big dollar spend because, yeah. unfortunately, when you build a property, things go wrong and the yep. older the property gets, the worse it becomes. And then you've got delineation between is it residential property, is it the strata's problem, is it, you know, there's all these different facets that come into it and, you know, by and right, maintenance is pretty much heterogeneous all around the world from what we've seen where people have a problem and they need to have it resolved. So it's a huge, huge problem that needs to be solved um, and that's the reason we entered the space. Yeah, so a property that ne- as a, a toilet that needs to be unblocked in Singapore is pretty much the same as a toilet that needs to be unblocked in Sydney, even if the water does go around a different way. <laughs> Correct. It's all pretty much a much of a muchness. <laughs> things get built and things break. So, yeah. you know, we, we see across our portfolio some of the older dwellings, we see a much higher rate of maintenance than we do with some of the newer dwellings. And we also, you know, can potentially see higher rates of new apartment builds where things haven't been built brilliantly from the first day around and things you know, essentially become problematic. Interesting. So so tell us a little bit about how the, the platform actually works because you mentioned before that it was an open API, but what does that mean? Like, why do I care? Yeah, cool. I mean, as a property manager, you probably don't care except that <laughs> we, uh, we basically have the tools to embed into any property management CRM. So our ultimate philosophy in the world is a single sign-on deeply embedded solution that runs as the default maintenance package. And we've done that with one integration today. Others, you know, we're having discussions on. But essentially what that means is you get all of the tools, smarts, and all of the workflows that we've put together, and essentially they embed into your property management CRM. So you're logging into one system. You've got one set of mobile apps. Your tenants and owners have one set of mobile apps and portals rather than having to log into multiple different places because 
in 2020, people are looking for a single solution rather than having, you know, 15 solutions that run their business because it's quite difficult. And in property management, the tenure of a property manager is around nine months from start to finish. So if you've got five or six or ten systems that you're running, to train someone, a new system becomes quite problematic and quite difficult. Yeah. So who are you integrated with? We've integrated with all of the leading property management CRMs in the marketplace. So um, the likes of Barockens, Property Me's, Palace, Consoles, etc. Um, we've also integrated with Vault, who I know was on your program recently. A couple of weeks ago, yep. Yeah, so, so we sort of integrated with all sorts of different platforms. Um, some are quite deep, others are just standard integration and we'll work towards getting a more deeper integration. But it's, in our view, all the integrations work really well, but if we can have that simple sign on deeply embedded solution, it works really well for property managers and it's much higher received, much, much more regarded than if it's just sitting outside. Cool. So I love that you don't have to decide if you want to go with you guys or a different, you know, that whoever you're using as a CRM right now, you can probably integrate with you guys to streamline that workflow. You don't have to, it's not some big, enormous emotional drama of having to change a CRM. and we've made it as simplistic as possible. Um, We sync all the data that's required and we push back data that is required back into the CRM. So we've made it very, very simple and very easy and all of the heavy lifting and all of the stuff that happens in the background is where the real benefit and the positivity of the platform. So, so just talk me through how it, how it it works. So, it's inside my CRM, what does it let me do that's faster and better than sending emails? Yeah, well, basically everything happens inside the platform. So, tenants can post a maintenance request via a web portal or via using their mobile app. We're also doing things with with bots, as to be seems to be the flavour of the minute with maintenance, but also allowing people that may not have the technology to use their phone, their email, or send SMSs, and it's exactly the same process as we would by posting. So the first step, I suppose, is it removes the entire ability for a tenant to have to email or call a property manager. They can quickly take the the steps in the app or using one of those methods I spoke of before, and within 60 seconds, the the maintenance request is logged. Now, the property manager then gets that maintenance request. They review it. They can send it for owner approval. They can reject it. They can edit it. They can do whatever they need to do with that specific request. And once they're happy, they can send that out to a tradesperson they can send it out for quotes. They can use our market to find trades that are working in the area to send those quotes to, or they can just simply issue a direct work order to that trade. The trade will then use our tools. We've got mobile apps for them, check in, check out, all of the functionality that they need to run their business, including integration with Zero and Mile. And once they complete the task, that will then go back to the property manager for review. They can make sure they're happy. Tenant and the property manager can leave feedback, and then that invoice will transfer seamlessly across to trust accounting. So essentially it runs the entire maintenance workflow and that's obviously a very simple view of it. But there's literally hundreds if not thousands of workflows that go through our platform to make it as automated and seamless as possible. Yeah, so it's it's basically pushing notifications and things have been done as opposed to an age, a property manager needing to ring up and check, did that get done, have you done that, can you send me a photo, I haven't, you know. And we've automated a lot of it as well. We built a rules engine so that they can set certain rules and if the rules are breached, then certain actions will happen so that they don't need to physically be checking these things every single day. Essentially, the engine will do that heavy lifting for them. So, So you mentioned two things there about tradies that I wanted to dive a bit deeper on. 
what are the benefits to the trade users to being involved in a platform like this? Because we, I mean, because if there's an industry that is worse than real estate agents or property managers at adopting technology, it is the building and construction and maintenance industry, right? So, so the only thing more painful than selling a house is building a house or renovating a house. Um, so, so what's you said that it's all in one easy platform for them, but but why would they want to get involved in it? How, how does it make their lives easier? As we roll this out to more and more property management offices, they get a few inherent benefits with utilising our technology. Firstly, there's no cost to them ongoing, so they can use the technology we've built. So as I said, there's GPS tracking, there's check-in, there's check-out, there's videos before and after, there's customer signatures, there's all the integration for the accounting platforms, etc. But they also have the ability to run their business using our platform as well. So they can enter jobs that they get from other sources that aren't related to our platform into our platform to run it. We've built things like a dispatch board and a calendar system so you can schedule your workforce in our platform so they don't have to leave. And one of the other really big benefits is, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of tenants and owners in our database at the moment. Those tenants and owners can also use our app to post jobs for things that they need around the house. For example, cleaning or gardening, or something that's not related to the property manager, they can use the same trusted trades that the property manager used to service that portfolio. So it's a really big benefit for the tradespeople because it's essentially another flow of work, not only from the owners and tenants, but also as we add more offices on, if they're in an area and an office is looking for a tradesperson, they can find that specific tradesperson in our database and contract with them. So, so you can add your own tradies in that you've worked with for a long time, or that you that you that you trust explicitly, and you can allocate work directly to them, or you can put it out to to tender kind of. Yeah, exactly. Or you can find someone, for example, that's working in your local area. You can see how many jobs they've completed, what their feedback is, and you can add them to your stable of trades if you wish as well. So, our encouragement is that the more work that people do on the platform, the better their profile looks, the more work that they complete, the more opportunity that they've got to make more business that they would otherwise never have received. Let's just pause there for a moment and hear a quick word from our sponsors. As we all know, the problems of the world can always be solved with good company and good wine. And for a truly great wine, check out Smidge Wines from the McLaren Vale in South Australia. Smidge Wines has been rated five red stars by the James Halliday Australian Wine Companion since 2017. Whether you love a big, bold Shiraz, a beautiful, well-rounded Cabernet Sauvignon, or a Montepulciano, a Tempranillo, or a Fiano, check out smidgewines.com. Sold exclusively online and proud to be official wine of Australian PropTech. And so, look, I just want to back up on something you said before too. So you said there's no cost to property managers to adopt, to in- integrate the platform, that that's, it's free for them to use. So they can completely streamline and, and change how they're managing their maintenance inside the existing CRM that they've got and there's no charge to them. Correct. Right. <laughs> so, Correct. So, so what are the key objections that you get, Raf, when, <laughs> when people say, oh, no, I think it's not for me? <laughs> Why would anyone say that? It's very difficult. I look, we sort of looked at the scenario when we saw that the pressure that property managers were under in terms of maintaining costs, et cetera. We didn't want to be another cost centre for them, and that's why we opted to not go down that path um, with regards to charging them. Our charging model is, is essentially quite simplistic. It's transactional-based, and it's to the trade, to the service provider. But because we're giving them all of those extras and all of the tools that they have 
or that they don't have now to run their business, um, it's a cost that's minimal for them and it's only if and when they complete work using our platform for leads that have been generated from our platform. So essentially that's the only mechanism by which we charge um, and they can use it for whatever purpose they so see fit. Cool. And so, so you are global, aren't you? You're in more than one. What you're more than just Oz. Where Where are you? We uh, We won a very big contract in the UK. So there's a group there called Places for People, and they manage two hundred and ten thousand properties across the UK. So we have them as a customer. We're very thankful to have them. They're a great um, place for us to have a UK operation. One of the largest property management companies in the region, and we're also in Singapore as well and New Zealand. Um, that's by virtue of the fact that you're in Australia automatically. Oh, no, no, don't say that. <laughs> Come on. We're all friends, Australian and New Zealand. We're all mates. Until we start importing virus to each other. Yep, then it all gets nasty. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I suppose at the end of the day, we, we, we always set up with a global focus. And as, you know, we touched on earlier, maintenance is a global issue. It's the same everywhere. It's just slight differences and nuances in, in relation to the way things are done. For example, in Singapore, the first $200 of a tradesperson is to be paid by a tenant on average. And, you know, that obviously isn't the case in Australia. So there's little nuances and, and quirks in different markets that we're in. But by and right, it's the same underlying core principle that needs to be adopted in that people want something fixed. And you're in Singapore at the moment, aren't you? Tell us a little bit. How, tell us how you got ended up there. I'm having a fun time in Singapore. It was a great time to come up for one of the Austrade landing pads. So... Bricks and Agent, we uh, we were fortunate enough to get into an Australian government landing pad where they basically open up the region to you um, by using the badge of government. Uh, just the timing with the whole COVID-19 situation wasn't ideal and uh, I'm still here because the borders are closed pretty much everywhere around the world. So I'm hanging out in Singapore, but it doesn't matter. I can work from anywhere in the world. Business still keeps going, which is the uh, luxury of uh, tech platform. You can pretty much run from anywhere. You've got a laptop and an internet connection. Yeah, no, I well, um, and I hope your family are all okay and safe back home and not missing you too much. We'll be fine. <laughs> Absence makes I hope the your heart wife, go Yeah, I hope your wife's talking to you when you get home. Which so, one? <laughs> I don't want to go there. Um, so, so there's a little bit of competition going on in this space, though, around maintenance platforms. Like, who do you see are your main competition, and and like, and how do you compare? Well, look, I suppose there's, there was the version one players, you know, the people that came out five, four or five years ago with a product that served the purpose for version one. I, I suppose our, our biggest review of the market, I suppose, is that people went for a property manager approach and they didn't really consider the other stakeholders, so the tenants and owners or the service providers. In actuality, um, there's very few, if any, platforms that take care of the service provider at the same time as well and give them the tools. The most difficult part of what we've developed is actually implementing the service provider because they provide a whole Pandora's box of issues that come with how they integrate and how they work and how they want to work, etc. Um, and we've got customers that are one-man bands and we've got customers that are national organisations with thousands, tens of thousands of contractors that work for them. So we have to cater towards that. So the service provider was really difficult. That's the hardest thing. I mean, we've seen competitors come out with chatbots. I mean, you know, to me, that's not overly exciting to a property manager and I think it lacks the integration. At the end of the day, if you collate and collect information from a chatbot and it sends you an email, I don't think that's an overly exciting thing for property managers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, It's more gimmicky in my view. So we took the hard road and we spent three years building something that 
is very complex and very um, rich, feature rich, that can be used with all or nothing of what we've developed. And then we also took it a step further because I suppose our thinking is more aligned with let's look a couple of years into the future about what this is going to look like. So we looked at the second biggest pain point for property managers, which was inspections. So the inspections are very difficult to do. Especially now. Especially now. <laughs> um, they're very difficult, time-consuming, and at the end of the day, there's no connectivity to maintenance. And, you know, there's five or six or, or ten requests that come out from a maintenance uh, perspective when they're doing an inspection. So we built a tool around six months ago that we've been refining, and it allows property managers to not only do on-site inspections, but also remote inspections. And as you can appreciate, in the current times, that technology is something that people are screaming for. Uh, and that whole integration with maintenance and inspections, there is nobody else doing that in our space at all. Um, so because we've got those deep integrations and those tight integrations, we can cover off both maintenance and inspections. It means that it's a seamless user experience for a property manager in using these tools. Wow, fantastic. Um, and so I imagine you've seen adoption go through the roof in the last couple of weeks. It's been uh, the busiest. Last month was our busiest month ever. This month is looking even more busy. And an interesting statistic for you, one of our partners who is Rock End, uh, they have a property, a, a CRM called Property Tree, as you well know. Yep. They sent a notice out this morning to their property managers. And uh, we have our first webinar on Thursday for the integration there are a thousand people coming to that. Wow! Are full. So um, there's yeah, a thousand agencies in. I think the span of a couple of hours registered to join the webinar about maintenance plus and the uh, inspection component. So fantastic! I think a lot of people are sitting at home at the moment and looking to see ways that they can make their business more streamlined and more efficient. So obviously, we'll continue to work on these processes, and we have a roadmap that's full of cool stuff that consumers use that we think property managers should use as well. The hardest part for us was to build the core, mm. build the integration framework, and now we're adding cool things on because we're putting volume and volume and volumes of jobs through uh, every single day. So it's it's uh, it's an exciting time to be in prop tech. It sure is. So tell us a little bit about the structure of the business. Like are you have you got co-founders? Like how you've been you've mentioned before that you've been going for what about three years or about three years now. So yeah, myself and my co-founder John, we started the business. Basically, uh, we've known each other since we were five years old. And if you want to see a stellar performance, you can see us on Shark Tank from a few years ago. That was pretty fun. <laughs> Maybe we'll share that in the show notes. You should. Shameless PR. Shameless PR. So we went on it. Look, at the end of the day, it's all about the sum of the parts. So it's John and I started the business and we sort of built it up. We have a team of about 85 people that work on the product now. So we're pretty big by way of prop tech companies. Um, and that's the reason we can get so much done so quickly. So we can turn things around from idea to reality in a matter of weeks rather than months or years. So yeah. we get that feedback from our customers constantly and we push and we push the boundaries to deliver as quickly as we possibly can. The bulk of our team is in research and engineering. Um, so that's how we push product out. We're not really a massive sales-focused organisation. We're more of a product-focused organisation and that product focus helps us to proliferate through our partners and, and through the relationships that we've got. Fantastic. So what's your background, Raph? Tell, how did you fall into this crazy thing called prop tech? 
Tell us about your journey. <laughs> the uh, I've, I've been working in software for probably 15 or more years now. Um, I, I was in the medical space for a very, very long time. I had a company which I sold at the end of 2016, um, which was fantastic because I'd had enough of doing medical software. It's a bit more difficult than prop tech. And mm. uh, I sort of thought, well, I have to do something else because this is boring sitting around doing nothing. So I spoke to John and John had, he's my co-founder, he had 12 years in real estate and, you know, we got chatting and he'd sold his business and we thought, you know, should we do something? Let's try it out. And then it just happened to be at a time where I had a property manager and every single prop, every single maintenance request that was going through was between $480 and $495. And I'm talking about changing a light globe or cleaning gutters, etc. And I thought, this is very strange. Why am I always receiving this? I noticed that my threshold was $500, so every job just under the threshold came in at that amount. And as it turned out, one of her family friends was getting a uh, getting all the jobs and uh, she was getting a kickback. So <laughs> if this is happening to, to me, it's probably happening to other people. So we built that whole platform around mobility, visibility and transparency for all parties um, yeah. across our ecosystem. And that's sort of where we got started. So... Yeah, 15 years doing software and this is another thing that we're doing and that's why, you know, all the all the skills I learned over that period of time in building software, I've applied to this business and obviously all the things I learned that didn't go so well, I haven't applied to this business. So. Well, or you applied the opposite to the business, right? <laughs> Went the other I've way. I've some lessons, my friend. So, yeah. So so you mentioned Shark Tank before and and you managed to drop Oz Trade in there as well. But you got what else you guys have, have, have been sort of darlings of you've you've had a, you've been involved in a lot of programs and accelerators. Tell us about some of them. Yeah, well we, we did a, an accelerator with Charter Hall um, mm-hmm. on the commercial side. We weren't really overly excited about commercial to begin with, and then we did this accelerator with Charter Hall and they showed us how exciting commercial could be. Um, <laughs> So we got very excited about that. Um, I feel so, a T-shirt coming on. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, it, it's just another side of the market. And, you know, the difficulty with commercial is that they take a significant amount of time to make decisions. And by the time they've made the decision, often the person that's making the decision is no longer there anymore. They've moved to a different mm-hmm. role, a different part of the company, or they've left completely. So... Yeah, commercial is a very interesting space, but it's also one that's fraught with danger as well because you can have huge, long sales cycles that can basically go forever in a day. Um, so, you know, we did the, the Charter Hall Accelerator. We did one out of London with the Places for People group as well um, to, pro- to prove out and pilot our technology and obviously here in Singapore with Austrade. Um, I suppose the thing about us is it's always a shameless self-promotion. We'll get up and get in front of anyone and talk and talk about the business the idea and the product and in actuality I was pitching at some event and someone in the crowd was from Austria and she said you should apply for this program I said okay sure why not and here I am ended up in Singapore uh, in quarantine lockdown and in some apartment somewhere so it's all good let's just pause there for a moment and hear a quick word from our sponsors as a real estate agent you know you need to be doing more content marketing but creating posts for social media, creating videos and reports is hard work, lots of hard work, and it takes time. So that's why you need Homeprezzo. If you're a typical agent posting one or two social media posts a week, Homeprezzo can save you between 75 to 100 hours a year. How many more properties could you sell with if you had that time back? Homeprezzo can help you create engaging, informative videos about how the property market in your local suburb is performing. 
plus it makes creating suburb reports, rental videos for landlords, and social media infographics an absolute piece of cake. If you can type in a suburb or type an address, you can create a Prezzo using Home Prezzo in just a few minutes. Listeners to the PropTech podcast receive a 14-day free trial. Now that's twice as long as the normal free trial. So go to homeprezzo.com.au and click the sign up button and use the code PropTech to get your extended free trial or click the link in our show notes. So so what are the biggest challenges that you face as an entrepreneur in this in as part of Bricks and Agent? Look, I suppose we like to run everything pretty lean and although we've got a huge team, we still do a lot of heavy lifting ourselves. So I suppose the challenge for us is, is always resourcing and how we can grow at scale without adding a huge number of resources. So we look at technology to help us and all the systems that we've implemented. You know, and in the case of this whole COVID-19 um, situation, we were able to basically up and have everyone working from home in about half an hour from making the decision. So we built the company around that. But I suppose the biggest challenge for us is always finding people and trying to find people at a time where we need them so they're not sitting idle and at the same time, you know, we're, we're then often now scrambling because we've got so much volume to find people and trying to train people from home and get them onboarded remotely when they've never met or seen or heard anything about the product is obviously uh, has some significant challenges to it. But that being said, it's not complex what we do. It's not rocket science. It's a, it's a platform that delivers maintenance, so it's simple unlike medical software, where it's very difficult to train people on how to use that, it's much more simplistic to do it. So that's, I suppose, the biggest challenges. We've got a pretty awesome team. Everyone gets along really well, and it's a great culture. Um, But, yeah, that's, I suppose, the biggest stuff is just trying to keep up with demand when it comes. And where are you guys based when you're in in Australia? Sydney or Melbourne or, yep? In Australia. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. we've got the two centres yeah, and are you guys bootstrapped, or have you had investors? Uh, we, we, I sold my company, and John sold his, so we just put our own money into it. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're we're a very rare occurrence these days. We we don't really need any funding. We're self-funded, and to be honest, we're cash flow positive. So at the end of the day, we make money out of the business. Um, so we haven't really sought funding. Funding has definitely tried to seek us, um, but you know we have simple principles that. We won't take funding from people that are our clients or people that could potentially be our industry partners because then you can preclude a whole heap of people from utilising what you've developed. So we're very neutral in that regard. And, you know, we don't really need the VC's money at the moment. So we're just happy to plod along and continue to fight the good fight. No, happy days, um, especially at the moment because I suspect it's going to start to get harder to find. So, So what do you reckon the next five years or the next five months and the next five years what do you reckon what um i talked to peter matthews the other day about um from realtor about and he was talking about the restart and what the restart's going to be like when all of this takes off again what what's your crystal ball around um covid and how that's playing out well i think depending on what you're doing in prop tech and, and where you sit so obviously some of the commercial landlords are suffering quite substantially so the investment in prop tech <clears throat> might be significantly reduced for a period of time while they sort of lick their wounds, dependent on how long this whole situation goes for. So I suppose the only caveat is nobody knows how long this mm. is going to go for. Um, mm. If it's over in a month, great. If it's over in 12 months, well, it's probably going to be a completely different discussion. But whatever happens, people will get used to this being the new norm for the while. 
and then they'll just basically continue as business as usual as we sort of spoke of in the very beginning. So I suppose in the next five months, what I'd expect to see is a bit of consolidation around the prop tech sector. I think there'll be people that basically say, let's work together because we can't do it on our own or bigger companies will come in and go, well, now's a good time to buy up um, mm-hmm. and let's go and acquire some companies. So I think there will you know, definitely be some consolidation. I think there'll also be some people that don't make it through because um, this is a time where it really challenges your business model. <clears throat> and if you've got a, a pension for spending a lot of money to build market share, that may be something that's going to come back and haunt you um, because of the, the situation where liquidity is difficult. And if you're banking on external funding, that could be quite difficult. I know of a few people already that have reached out and said, you know, is there anyone that I know that could help them get funding and things like that? So mm. I think there will be some difficulty. But once all of this is over and done with, I think people have had a taste of what it's like to use technology now that they may not have used before. You know, everyone's on Zoom and everyone's on Teams and everyone's collaborating remotely and they're seeing that technology can actually help them and they can actually run their business from anywhere in the world. So I think that's going to wake up a lot of the uh, people that are in the industry to potentially refactor what they've done in order to have a different view of how it can potentially work in the future, given that they've just gone through this torturous period of time. So people will have that in the back of the mind for quite some time. I think once it's all over and done with, there'll be a huge amount of expenditure. There'll be a ton of projects coming out, whether that's government-sponsored or whether that's just industry-sponsored or whether that's just industry collaboration. I'm not sure, but I think that the space is very, very exciting. I've always had the view that the real estate space is exciting. It's something that is massive and and mainly untouched. So I think it's it's a very exciting time to be alive. Um, in, in the real estate space, I hope you're uh, COVID. As he he says, as as Kylie chokes off in the back corner. No, I'm, it's not a. It's not. I was wondering. If, <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to cough. Should I hold off? Or... <laughs> but I, I think there'll be definitely consolidation, and there'll be some giants that I think are born out of this space, as there was out of the last crisis and the crisis before that, um, where people are you know rethinking the way that they do things. And, and you know, point in case, when we released our remote inspection product six months ago. People laughed at us and they said, why would we want to do that for? I want to go and stand on the floors and smell the building and, you know. Open. <laughs> smell the smell of cabbage in the morning. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, I can smell if there's marijuana or something like that. And now, you know, they're saying, well, I don't have anything. I'm asking the tenants to take pictures and they're not going to give me the truth. So how do I get this software? How do I get it going? And this isn't just the small office. These are the giant franchise networks and the big company-owned networks that are saying, we want this help. yesterday, let's roll this out, it is going to help us. And that will obviously on flow once the crisis completes for us um, because, you know, we, we haven't come across anyone who's doing remote inspections at this juncture in time and it took us a good six, seven months to get the technology right before it actually worked properly. And are you are you seeing that that the, the the in the services and maintenance industry too that they're really embracing the technology as well like are they are they are they finding benefits or in adoption through covid i think it depends a lot on what sort of trade they are what their attitude right. is to technology and you know this is probably not the best thing to say but also people's ages i mean we found that some people you know, that they're, they're a bit older, are just not interested in technology. They've got their carbon paper book and that's what they use and that's what gonna... they're ever going to use. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't compel people to use our technology or not. If they don't want to use it, they don't have to at all, other than to get a job via the email and to send an invoice back in. 
They don't have to. But the people that are more progressive and that are, you know, are now realising actually technology is going to help their business rather than hinder it, um, are, are, are looking forward to doing it and are doing it. The, the main issue for these guys is that they are manically trying to get as many jobs done as they possibly can, not knowing if they're going to be able to do those said jobs tomorrow. So yeah. thus the massive spike on the platform over the last month where people thinking, you know, it might not be happening from tomorrow. And we don't know that. You know, if the government does lock everything down, um, the trades may not be able to do work, which will obviously impact them. I don't see that happening, but you just don't know in this crisis as to what's actually going to unfold. But I think, you know, people are definitely embracing technology more than they have before because they need to. Um, they can't use the same methods that they used to use before. No, we can't do what the things that we, the way we've always done them and then expect different results out of it. So, so Raf, as, as someone who owns a couple of investment properties and has fantastic service out of her property managers and then owns her own property that she lives in and has to, you know, rock, paper, scissors, absolutely every maintenance request with her husband as to who's going <laughs> to who's gonna deal with the tradies. Is there any plan to make it available or the the maintenance kind of booking service available to property owners or is it always going to be through the property management team? Look, I suppose from our perspective, there is a huge amount of platforms out there at the moment that deal with the owner space. You know, yeah. I have a property and I want to get something done. And those guys, you know, they have very deep pockets and they've been doing it a very long time. And that space is about marketing, you know, spending millions of dollars on marketing in order to get market share. Um, at the moment, we haven't got any plans to go into that space because we simply don't have a need to. Because as I alluded to before, if an owner or tenant downloads our app, the owner can use it to post maintenance. And I'll give you a classic example. An owner approved the maintenance job using our mobile app. And then a couple of days later, they drove into their driveway and knocked their letterbox over <laughs> and other things apparently. And they came back on the app and they logged jobs for those said contractors via the app. So you've got the ability to do it in the app automatically by default. So as an owner, you automatically okay. have that. We're just not going to go out and chase people to, you know, build to a do that. or build a market. And, and I suppose the other, you know, reason competitors come into this space or, or it's, it's exciting is because you get that throughput. Whereas the property manager may have 100 painting jobs in a month, your average person might do one painting job every five years. So you mm. get that volume. The other thing I suppose that the uh, those platforms lack that go direct to the owner is if you like a trade, you're never going back to that platform. You've got your painter for life now. So mm. they make one set of income and that's the end of it. But with property managers, it's a continual flow. They just need to get jobs done. So that's what they do. They come in and they post job after job after job, thousands and thousands and thousands of them. And they just need work done across a huge portfolio. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, cool. Yeah. So, so what does the future look like for you guys, for Bricks and um, and Agent? What does the future look like, God? Like the next couple of years for you, like what's on your roadmap? Look, we want to continue to grow. Hashtag um, spoilers. Yeah, yeah, that's right, spoilers. <laughs> um, we want to continue to grow, obviously, in Australia because that's our home market. Um, and, you know, by virtue of the fact the partnerships we've created and the, the networks and the offices that we have um, in discussions and or using our application, that will just continue to grow. We're very excited to, to explore other parts of the globe as well with our application, obviously the UK and Singapore. There's also other opportunities around the Asia-Pacific region for us too, albeit a bit smaller than, than our home market. And then you've obviously got the beast 
the US. So that's another market that we will probably turn our attention to via partners in the you know near term post coronavirus completion um, mm-hmm. and coming back. And we've already had some conversations with uh, the big players in the US as well. Um, it's just a matter of working out the correct time because you know we are a scale up and we are still growing. And you can't be everything to everyone and you can't do everything at once. If you could, that would be fantastic. But, you know, we've got a roadmap and a plan that got somewhat dislodged with coronavirus. But, you know, we'll just play it by ear. We're just looking at it uh, rather than having a long-term view. We're just day-to-day at the moment, just, you know, getting through what this is going to look like and trying to keep up with the demand. And then we'll see where it all goes after that. But, you know, we're hoping to go from strength to strength. And our ultimate view is we would like to be the default maintenance solution property managers in the industry that's where we'd love to see ourselves and you know we're heading certainly heading in that direction at the moment well i think if you're um integrating with every um property management crm out there and it's free to managers to adopt property managers to adopt i cannot see anything getting in your way rap so that's it yeah so thank you so much for being on the prop tech podcast it's been great to talk to you Thanks, Kylie. Appreciate your time. And uh, if any of your listeners want to join us, www.bricksandagent.com. There you go. That's my. Yeah, we, we'll put we'll put the link in the show notes and um, and also pop um, your contact details so they can harass you personally. <laughs> uh, just give them someone else's. Give them John. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> no worries. I appreciate your time and thanks for having me on your show. So that was Raphael Neeston from Bricks and Agent. And how much do you want to jump into your property management system right now and find out where Bricks and Agent um, functionality is hidden? I met Raph about a year ago and we've been bumping into each other around the trap since then and he is enormously good fun to hang with but I've never dived into exactly how Bricks and Agent worked until this interview and I've got to say I was really blown away. In real estate we're aware of the business model where PropTechs click the transaction ticket. It's been done to us many times but here's one that is doing that to trades and services to enable it to be free to us while also offering those trades and services significant advantages in reduced advertising costs and efficiency tools. But what I love most about Bricks and Agent though, is the fact that they are already in the software platforms that you're using and it's free. So the competition is pretty strong in the tenants and maintenance reporting, but I think Raf has played a blinder in this regard. There's nothing new for you to learn. You just have to let go and make a commitment that you'll stop being the bottleneck through which everything must go through. And we know that this happens in property management, that if you have to manage every email, if you have to manage every phone call, then that's making you a bottleneck. It's not making you more efficient. So this is great tech, ladies. Check it out. So now if you have enjoyed this episode of the PropTech Podcast, please tell your friends, drop me a line via email, LinkedIn, or on my Facebook page, and you can follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Apple iTunes. I'd like to thank my audio support, the wonderful Charlie Hollands, and the fabulous Jill Escudero, and our sponsors, Smidge Wines, official wines of the PropTech community, now delivering free of charge during COVID-19 for six or more. And Homeprezzo, turning your data into amazing marketing content, which has never been more important in these days of social isolation. And don't forget to check out the free content that Homeprezzo is offering agents to support your digital marketing. And that works for property management as well. There's some articles there. So thank you, everyone. Until next week, stay safe and keep on prop teching.